Welcome to my human design experiment. Hello there, friend, and welcome back to Mystical Mac. It's Mystical Tuesday. Yes. Yes, it is. Next week, it'll be Mystical Monday. So, yay. (laughs) Today, I would like to dive into something that I feel I've touched on, but I've never fully dove into this. And... I'm really excited about it, actually. This this was impromptu. I had this whole plan this week of what I was going to talk about when I got down and recorded. And this has kind of changed things up, but I really believe that it's something that I would like to touch on now as opposed to later uh, because we are embarking on this journey that is the Mystical Mac podcast finally. Um, meaning that I have finally figured out a way to create a sense of consistency for myself. Yes, does every other week still come out on Mystical Tuesday? Totally. Um, Are we going to get better at that? Yes, totally. The only way to get better at that is consistency, right? And I finally figured out a way to sort of kind of create that for myself as best as I can. And so we're embarking on this journey where I just have this feeling that from here on out, this podcast is going to continue. And I don't really plan on pausing it. Um, And if I ever do, I will give you guys a heads up for how long I'm pausing it, all that good stuff. But all of that to say, it's good for me to set some precedents. Because I am aware that my way of thinking and the ways of thinking that I tend to present can be a little bit unconventional. And can be a little bit, um, I'm not going to say out of the box, it feels a little cliche, but rather can be challenging for people whom grew up in this society and drank the Kool-Aid, like myself, like I did, you know, up until I realized like, oh, wow, don't want that anymore. (laughs) So before I get into all of that good stuff, just thank you so much for being here. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Mac. I am a mystic. I like to talk about mystical things um, that usually end up ending, that usually come to (laughs) this physical experience and integrating it with this emotional and this mental experience that we're also going through. Uh, all that to say that I like to dive deep. Uh, if this is your first episode here, like this is a great episode to begin with. No complaints here. No go back a few episodes ago and listen, though I highly recommend the Divine Feminine and Masculine series that I worked on the last several episodes. Um, but if you don't feel like it, you, you know, you want to see how this episode goes and if you like it, then you're going to check those out. This is a great episode to start. Uh, And if you're returning, thank you so much for coming back. I'm just so grateful that you're here. Thank you for embarking on this journey with me, for continuing to come back. And without further ado, like, let's just get into the thing, right? Let's do it. Um, What am I going to talk about today? I want to set a precedent for the duration of my podcast, for everything that I talk about, for every time I bring up the words bad good push pull 
I want us to be clear on something. And just a little heads up, this may be a shorter episode because uh, this is going to be less of Max story time and more like, hey, by the way, this is a way that I view things and this is going to highly influence everything that I talk about with you. And here it is. (laughs) This universe does not recognize bad or good. There, I said it. Bad or good is this construct that we've created, right, as humans um, because of this idea that, oops, if, my bad, (laughs) accidentally hit my other mic, because of this idea that we are either going towards pleasure or avoiding pain. So we consider some things, actions, what have you to be quote quote good because they're leading us towards pleasure and we consider some things to be bad because they lead us away from pleasure and towards pain and that's all good and dandy for you know a primitive mind like caveman mind like ooh, spiky plant bad you know ooh, yummy looking plant that other animals can eat and not die from good that's helpful until we get to a point where we've evolved past this black and white thinking and we are called to dwell in the gray areas it becomes a problem when we start to see things as bad or good as well when we're trying to visualize the big picture and the perspective as it comes from the greater universe. And if you, if that's, you know, I don't know, if your word is God, if you prefer that all-loving energy to be called God, okay, try to take on God's perspective. If your religion um, makes you feel some type of way about this because your religion uh, imposes the belief that you are lesser than your God that you believe in, I would like to encourage you, since you're here, since you've you found my podcast, I'd like to encourage you to inquire about that. So some humans told you that you are lesser than this big, beautiful, creative energy that put everything here. Okay. <laughs> that human is unaware of the fact that they too are God. That they too can hold the big, 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 big picture perspective. But one of the things that stands in our way is this idea of black and white thinking. It's this idea of good and bad. And let me explain what I mean Because I I can just sense that there's going to be some confusion around like, well, if I want to see a big picture, like why can't I see good and bad? Some things are big picture good. Some things are big picture bad. Yes, sure. I hear that. But let's take, for example, the coronavirus pandemic. A year ago, right, March 2020 or April 2020, we were looking at this going, holy crap, this is bad. Oh, this is bad bad this is just objectively big picture bad 
right? The, the world is shutting down. All of these just icky things are coming even more to light that had already been coming to light about humanity. Like, it's just a mess, right? However, and I kid you not, I kid you not, very early into the pandemic, I just knew in my soul, like, I can already see how this can be big picture good. And the only reason that I was able to see that, as opposed to someone who was, you know, so focused on the fact that everything was shutting down and what's going to happen with the economy and how are people going to pay their rent, like, you know, as opposed to someone whom was so fixated on the momentary big picture as it seemed in that moment because of this idea of bad or good, uh, that person didn't have room in their consciousness at the time, nor probably the awareness to also hold the perspective of, no, this could potentially do good things for humanity as a whole. This could potentially be a really good mirror. Can you really blame a person for not being able to see that perspective if they live their lives around good and bad, right? And what is that silver lining that I was able to perceive way back when? And I mean, I stick to it now. I've seen it. I've seen it play out. I'm seeing it play out. And I I can name a few silver linings from this COVID-19 pandemic. One, I just have this feeling that people are so much more appreciative of their families and their chosen families, right? The people in their lives that they cherish, that they've chosen to remain in their lives and to remain in those people's lives. I can sense this, this collective, holy shit, family matters sort of feel. People actually taking time and spending it with their family. As opposed to pushing that time off to the holidays or this or that. Because we got a year where for a good series of holidays, lots of us didn't get to see family. Right? You have a government, at least in the United States, that's actively shifting actively shifting because people are starting to see where where things need to improve and where we need to step in and go as a people we need this give us this people are more willing and appreciative i believe of being able to go out into nature because when everything was shut down, what was open? A lot of the times, trails. And, you know, when trails and parks were closed, that sucked. I mean, let's also, like, think about this. Every business who thought, oh, no, 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 we can't have, you know, People work from home. That's not possible. They have now been proven wrong. So now we have the potential 
for working from home and plausibly so for nearly anybody as an accommodation that before would have seemed too hard. Right? I I had another one in mind, but for some reason it it escaped me. But oh, okay, yeah. Here we go. Here it is. And here's the last one I'm going to mention. This mRNA technology vaccine is brilliant. Absolutely effing brilliant. And yes, were scientists working on it before pandemic, before coronavirus? Yes, they were. But were they pushed to finalize a version of this sort of vaccine because of the coronavirus? Yes. And for those of you who don't know, traditional vaccines and, you know, I don't call, I'm not an anti-vaxxer because I have nothing against vaccines. I just like to be highly informed of what's actually in them and what I'm opting to inject into my literal veins. Like there's a reason you have all this encasing around your your blood, you know, with your skin and your veins and um, all the other just barriers that keep things from getting into your bloodstream. It's because your bloodstream is very important, guys. And if you have something like, you know, a metal, like I'm talking a metal, a heavy metal, like aluminum, getting injected in it, because scientists can't figure out how to make a vaccine that's not archaic, that doesn't have to include a dormant virus that has to be encased in something like a heavy metal in order to not be a potential harm to your body, like that, that just is not, that's annoying to me. All that to say, I I like to call myself a conscious vaxxer. And this mRNA vaccine is just so cool to me because, you know, The most effective way, in my opinion, to get your body to create immunization is to present it with a seemed, a perceived threat so that it creates its own defenses, right? Not every vaccine or every disease um, is possible to create a vaccine like chickenpox where you kind of just take antibodies from someone who's had it, you know, or rather antibodies that have been developed through the occurrence of chickenpox and kind of inject it into someone who has never had it. Chickenpox vaccine happens to be one of the safest ones because this is how it happens. Um, you know, not but not every vaccine can be like that. In fact, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of viruses don't really work that way. It's not that easy. Hence the traditional model of creating a dormant, uh, you know, virus encased in something Uh, that can protect your body from it, essentially, and presenting that virus into the bloodstream, into in that encasement, but still causing your own antibodies and your own alarm systems to be like, oh my gosh, we got to create antibodies for this. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So like, I get that that's more effective, right? And I, like I mentioned, I'm sure there are plenty of conditions, diseases where it's not as simple as like, you can't just take antibodies out of a person and put it in another. Um, But that poses a problem. Like I said, when you have something like a dormant virus inside your body, like that just sort of freaks me out a little bit. And so the mRNA model, which is what the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines are modeled after, the Johnson & Johnson is the regular, uh, it's the traditional vaccine model, but it's not the coronavirus virus that gets injected into you um 
dormant, of course. Um, it's another virus that also per, uh, causes your body to produce antibodies for coronavirus. I don't know the name of it. I can't think of it right now. But the mRNA, which is the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, essentially just present your body with an RNA molecule. And for those of you who forgot, you know, high school biology, there's DNA and there's RNA, right? So um, it's essentially a molecule that mimics coronavirus so well, like the, the structure of the molecule looks exactly like COVID, but it's not. It's it's a, just this molecule that was constructed, right, in a lab to look exactly like COVID to essentially send a signal to your body. Oh my gosh, there's this pathogen in here. You guys need to make antibodies ASAP. And that, in my opinion, is one of the biggest silver linings. And, and that includes right that's up there with people appreciating nature more and wanting to be out of nature more appreciating their existing connections and wanting to connect deeper with them more like all of it is just amazing but then this mrna vaccine right that like gives us the potential to create vaccines for really dangerous stuff that we don't want dormant versions injected into us and we have the potential to do that safely. Like, that's so effing cool. That is a big picture good. Right? So now that we kind of get what I'm talking about, how your, our attachment to what's good or bad can really hinder us from seeing ahead and from seeing into the future when it comes to situations that seem really, really bad in the moment but can yield really amazing outcomes. You know, a, a devastating breakup can either make or break you. You can either become bitter and and consumed by the badness of the moment when it happens in the moments shortly thereafter and however long it takes you, you know, to heal or not heal. If you choose to just hang on tightly to your life of, oh my God, this is bad. I'm going to be alone forever. <laughs> right? But that same breakup can create a chrysalis for you from which to emerge from as a completely transformed butterfly of sorts. But in order for you to get there, you have to sit in the quote, quote, badness of all that, you know, of, of it all, of that moment. Feel through it. Feel through it so hard that eventually you just don't care that it's bad anymore. And you just move forward and you move forward. And eventually you start to see how that bad thing caused you to feel shit that you probably weren't letting yourself feel for a long time. Like... Every horrific experience can have a really incredible other side. And I'm not saying that it detracts from the horrificness of it all or makes anything, you know, less bad or terrifying. No, it just shows you, though, that 
there isn't necessarily good and bad. There's only what serves and what doesn't serve. You know, and when we're looking from the lens of what serves and what doesn't serve, we get to we get to broaden our perspective. We get to we get to see the bird's eye view. We get to sit in that seat where the universe or God or whoever you want to call him or her sits. Because we're able to see, oh, there's just what serves and what doesn't. So if I get broken up with and I'm devastated and I want to die and my heart feels like there's a hole in it, does it serve me to go, I'm just going to never give my heart again to anybody and I'm just going to sit in this misery for the rest of my life and actually stick to that conviction Hell to the fucking no, it does not serve me. No. That doesn't serve me. But does it serve me to go, holy mother of God, this hurts so bad. I feel like I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Um, this really sucks. Like, this really sucks. Um, maybe I should call a friend and, and feel through this and, and see where I see what happens. And you might do that for days, you know, or whatever, but that feels like it serves me a lot more. Like, one, it doesn't, like, set this precedent for the rest of my life based on this this one moment that, yeah, like, feels really shitty. But again, like I said, if we're able to do away with good and bad and just start looking at does it serve, does it not, it really does serve me to feel through all these feelings so that I can learn what this breakup has to teach me and, and you know, and when I'm open to love again, um, I'm more open and more aware and more in tune with, with who I am, with how I feel, how I go about the world and how I go about relationships. So there's only what serves and what doesn't. And when you call something good or bad, be mindful that that good or bad thing in hindsight could turn out to be the opposite. You know, similarly, it could turn out to serve you in the moment or look like it does. And then you look at it later in hindsight and go, holy crap, that really did not serve me. I mean... Isn't that what so much of healing childhood trauma and like coping mechanisms and shit is? It's it's realizing, oh, I was taught this unhealthy way of managing my feelings. That doesn't help me anymore. What can I do differently? Right? That's like half of it. it it's It's figuring all that out. And if you can... If you can remember that and you can remember to just let go of these pesky little labels of good and bad and replace them with does this serve me, does it not? At least when it comes to to the, to the important shit, to the decisions you make, to the precedents you set for yourself based on single moments where things feel really overwhelming, you get my gist. Why did I want to talk about this? I wanted to talk about this because 
as I go forth, I want it to be very clear that this is not a black and white space that we're in here. This mystical Max space that I'm creating, not just for my podcast, but for my tarot card readings, for my discussions that I have, you know, on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, for my entire brand thing, content universe, I want it to be very clear that there, that that the beauty is in the gray area. And that black and white is fun and all, but they're just end points. And, And the amazingness is just in the the spectrum that's in between. And the best way to, in my opinion, talk about the things that I talk about and analyze the things that I analyze, um, you know, our psyches, our hearts, our life's experiences, the best way, in my opinion, to discuss those things is with this with this recognition that there is no such thing as just blanket good and blanket bad. There is what serves, there is what doesn't serve, and and sometimes those things change. They oscillate from one side to the other. And being able to see them this way helps us see their fluidity. As opposed to getting frustrated when a good situation just turns bad or you know a bad situation turns good and we don't know what to make of it and we're distrustful and we end up missing out on an opportunity because we were so stuck with bad and good that we couldn't really ask ourselves what really mattered which is does this serve me now may not have served me in my past but does it serve me now i'm gonna leave you with that and join me next week uh I'm not sure what it is that we're going to be discussing just yet, but I'm sure it'll be juicy. And in a few weeks, if not a little sooner, I've got a bit of a surprise for y'all. So I'm really excited. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about it next episode. And I love you. Thank you so much for listening. This is not easy stuff to wrap your head around. Um, This is not, this is not stuff that, they teach us in school and isn't that a freaking shame um but I'm grateful for you being here with me listening to me and being committed to your growth and to your learning about you and your life and oh excuse me it's late (laughs) and you're and being committed to stoking your fire and really helping your your little light shine bright Stay mystical, stay grounded, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Mystical Mac. For future episodes, click that subscribe button. And to help us spread this podcast far and wide, consider leaving us a review. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description below and going to mysticalmac.com to read up on my blog and find out about my tarot card readings. Also, 
follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Mac Guerrero. Lastly, thank you so much, James, my amazing editor, for putting this podcast together for us. I'll catch you next time. Stay mystical and stay grounded. <laughs>